Father, we just come before you right now. We just thank you for this um, time that we have just to gather in your name, to gather with each other with one heart, with one mind, to do one thing, and that is just to draw closer unto you. Uh, we just thank you for this time. I thank you for the information and the revelation that goes forth tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so let's get right to it, Adrian. Adrian said he had a story to start us out. So, I've been waiting for this one, Heaven. Very interesting story. It's not a funny story, but it's just a really awesome and powerful story. So we just, we just, hired, we just hired for a new position at work. And um, so long story short, the person we hired uh, ends up just having a bunch of problems. So being in HR, she comes to my office, and week one, she's already telling me she's got some issues. She's like, can, can, you, can we do this? Can we do that? Because I got this going on. And it just gets to a point where she's in my office, and she's breaking down, and she's through, the, through this whole back and forth that we've had. She's had a daughter who's passed away. She lost her kid. She went through a bad divorce. She's got a, a child protection services case on it, and she's trying to get her kids back. And she was just so <clears throat> just brought and tied down with just like, hopelessness and I don't know what to do. I'm trying to do things on my own and, and all that. And um, so God just started talking to me about her and was like, you know what? She knows me. I know her, but she knows me too. And he says, you know, she needs to know that, that it, it's, it's, not, it's not all lost. It's not all done, that there's a way. And, and, and I am the way. So I just started ministering to her and I started talking to her and just encouraging her. And it, it started off very lightly because I don't really know where she stands. I didn't, you know, until God's like, you know, I know her and she knows me. So I start talking to her and find out that the lady's a believer. I find out the lady's, you know, uh, filled with the, with the Holy Spirit, tongue-talking lady and, and all that. And she just was so defeated. I mean, her posture was so bad. And I just started to minister to her and just encouraged her. Encouraged her. I mean, by the end of the conversation, those tears were like tears of joy. There were tears of, of strength where she was so happy to, to rekindle that situation. And... You know, she ends up just de rededicating her life to Jesus in my office. And, you know, she was just like, yeah, you know, Mr. Adrian, you know, I, I used to go to church and, uh, you know, I baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I, I used to pray in tongues. I used to speak in tongues. And, and I'm like, she was just so defeated that she wasn't helping nobody. She wasn't helping herself. She was just so, for, like, lost in, in her own situation. And so in this place where, in her mind, she was so far away from God. And it's just this constant pursuit that God has for people. And so, just being on the job. And I had totally forgotten about, you know, hey, guess a story, something always happens. And I'm just going through my life, and all of a sudden this thing shows up, this opportunity, and the lady comes back to Jesus, and, and uh, her posture's changed. And, you know, just was able to minister her about, you know, how, how weak the devil is, and how, <clears throat> how predictable he is, and, and how, you know, he tries to sneak these things in. And once I, I reminded her of these things, she just got, she just got re-encouraged and she rededicated her life and you know, she says, you know what, this, this, is, this isn't happening to me again. You know, I've, I've decided that as, as, as I run back to God at this time, I'm just going to hold on to Him. I'm not going to let Him go because you're right, our lives go beyond just surviving or being okay. That's like the beginning of the relationship with God, but it's, it's going into helping other people. Because as I was ministering to her, God was allowing me to tell her, you ain't helping anybody in this situation that you're in. And that's exactly what the devil tries to do. If he can't just keep you, you know, you know in that situation away from God where, where, where you're, not, you're not in fellowship with him and you don't know him, his next best thing to do is to just throw crap at you and paralyze your situation and get you all hopeless and get you depressed and really paralyze you as a Christian and just have you sit down and be so, you know, caught up with your issues that you're no help to anyone. You're no light. You're no hope. You're no gospel carrier. You're just dealing with your own problems and you're just 
kind of going through life, kind of eking your way through this, through this thing called Christianity. And so I said, you know, we, we've got we've to understand that we've been called to rise beyond just, okay, I, I'm above, I'm standing on some solid ground here, but now it's like I'm in a position to help other people. It's got to be about what God's really calling us to do. That's where the blessings and the provisions, you know, go. The abundance of being able to help people. If you've got no hope in you, you're not going to give any hope to anyone. Yeah. If you've got no encouragement in yourself, you're not going to encourage anyone. So that comes from being in that fellowship and spending that time. And, you know, just as, as I'm going through my relationship with God, I realize that at times I don't, I don't pay that price. You know, the maturity and all the things that we, we strive to be able to do comes at the only price of spending time with Him. Like once you're in that fellowship with him, you just spend time with him. You know, I catch myself sometimes talking more about him than I talk to him. And God just comes back and says, all right, you've got to spend some time. You've got to deposit because you're pouring out a lot. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you guys. It was pretty amazing. What I, when he was telling me about, about it yesterday, it was just so like, it was so powerful. Like I started to cry, like just hearing it. And it was more like he started telling, he said he left the part that, really touched me that he was telling her like where's your worship music where's your Tasha Cobbs where's your Mary Mary you don't even play that at the, at the house and that impacted her and was like yeah you're right I don't you know and sometimes like that's all in, we need like to remind someone like you had peace when you were listening to this so bring it back you know like little drops but bring it back so it was super powerful I was like crying and yeah, I was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. <laughs> but super powerful. You know, what was crazy about that is I, I, I didn't really know this lady. She's been working with us for about a week. And everything that I was telling her was because God was giving me that information. You know, and, it, and it's such an interesting thing that in, in my relationship with God, it's, it's evolving to that where he's sharing things to me about people that when I'm engaging in them, when I'm, when I'm talking to them about whatever it is, that he's letting me know of these things. So when that came up, when I said, you know, because she talked about how she is starting to enjoy this place, but she doesn't like going to her house because her house is so, so sad there and it just, there's, there seems to be no life. And God says, well, sh she's not worshiping me anymore. Her Tasha Cobbs and a, a particular song came to mind and I, I named that. And it was because God needed her to know specifically that, hey, I, I, like me and you had a thing going on. Me and you were in this relationship and it was active and it was going. So let me remind you about these times that you were spending with me in detail. So he was giving me the name of the song, he was giving me the artist and, and as I was bringing that up, it was just these, these tears started to flow from her, from her eyes, but they were, they were tears now of encouragement and of joy of saying, wow, like this is God really talking to me because how else would this guy know this? How else would he know that I would do this? And I said, yeah, I used to walk down that hall in your room and you used to just play this music and it was just, it was kind of a crazy situation, and I'm like, wow, you know, it just piggybacks on a situation I had with, with one of my friends, and we were talking about <clears throat> different things, but then God wanted him to know about a specific calling on his life and what God would require of him, because God is a personal God, right? So we know that the way he deals with Lorenzo or Adrian or anyone else is going to be to that individual. So sometimes God just wants to have a conversation to the standard that he has a relationship with you on, right? So if, if I don't know Liz, for example... You know, I'm going to tread maybe a lot more carefully and the conversation will probably be more soft. But if I know someone very directly, like brothers, you guys can kind of call each other out a little bit more differently. Like, bro, you know you're be, you know, you being stupid with that, right? You guys can have that conversation. So God kind of has that conversation with people sometimes. I know he does with me. And so it's just, it's an interesting phase that I'm going through with God where he's, he's taking me through that. 
So pretty interesting. It's pretty fun. I was gonna ask a question, but I okay. Let me just ask you. Um, so I always, I always wondered about this. So like, when when God told you about a certain thing about her, like, and He told you, like, how did you feel? Like, did you have like this like little mini second of like, uh, is this really? gonna be what God told me or did I just make this up and like what if I say it and what if it's wrong and like did your brain like how did that moment happen like or was it like kind of like just so peaceful that you just like you you I, I mean I'm I just want to ask like because I mean I I guess I want to know if God does that to me like <laughs> I want to be able to be like yo like you were here there this that you know what I'm saying but I mean I know God works for everybody differently but like if you can explain maybe how you felt or like it might be interesting to hear like you know it, it's um it, it definitely goes back to and, and i used to be in that situation too because i'd hear my pastor i'd hear other other people when they would speak like that i'm just like yeah i wonder like, I, I was in that same situation like how do you hear that is it this, a distinct voice like trying to understand it practically or tangibly okay what is it is this some crazy voice is it deeper is it not yours like how do you recognize it and um, I don't know, at some point I just maybe stopped focusing on that, but just going through in my studies with God, and I realized that the things that seem random really aren't random. And that's where, you know, God, as we train ourselves, as we, as we spend more time with Him, then the things that we consider random sometimes really aren't random. That's, that's, that's a way sometimes, you know, you just randomly think of a person, think of an old friend, someone that you hadn't thought of, and there's, there was no reason for it to come up. It just really seemed like, well, that was kind of random. It actually isn't. Right. And, that's, and, that's the, and that's the inner man that's bringing something up in you. And, and, and you, you, when you follow that, sometimes you follow that by just praying for that person. Sometimes you follow that by, if you have the, the ability to reach out and you have an active relationship, you just reach out and you say, hey, man, how are you doing? Hey, just, just thought about you. And it just, you know, was thinking about our friendship or whatever the case may be. And then that usually will we'll develop into, yeah, dude, you know, I was going through this, or, you know, I about you guys just have a conversation where the person ends up being blessed, and that was just that situation. So it's just kind of the training. It's just going through it enough, and you train yourself to, to recognize that these things aren't coincidental. They're not just random. You know, and with me, for example, in this case, it was very, it was very specific. As I'm saying that, I'm picturing her house with this, like, pink room and a hall, and it just flashes so quickly that it's like, yeah, there's no way my imagination right, traveled right. that fast. And it's just something that I saw. And, and again, that's because I'm, God is dealing with her through me. Right. So in that moment, I mean, I'm just receptive. I'm just, my spirit man is constantly about God. Show me where the hurt is. Show me where the pain is. Show me where the hopelessness is. And, and if I'm that vessel that you need to use, then, then, that's, then that's my submission to, to what you desire. You know, it's just being in that selfless um, mode and I think that that's where God where that operation kind of just flows a lot more freely because it's not going to be about you right. you know and so then when you're clearing your thoughts about yourself and you're clearing your opinions about things and you're just like man like God what do you really want to tell this person I have such a deep compassion for your pain or your situation or it, it, it's something there that's beyond me because I got a ton of things to do at work and really that was that, that knocked off 45 minutes of my day if I'm being honest, I had a bunch of things to do, but God knew that I was positioned to do that, and I was willing to say, look, if I gotta stay over 45 minutes to make up that time because I've still gotta get my job done, then that's what I'm gonna do. Because this is what matters right now. This is what the life with Jesus is about. And, and, and being able to, to, to be with God and fellowship with Him daily, and to me, that's what it is. That's what it looks like. To go back to kind of what you were asking, Rockwell, 
Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary Holy Spirit. Um, me and my twin watched it, and something, it had different people that, it had different people that are ministers and things like Kim Walker or Todd White or just different people that um, basically operate in the Holy Spirit like when they're using their gifting. And something that all of them said was that when they were first learning to like hear the Holy Spirit's voice, they would have to practice or try it because it's like learning a new language. And they were saying like, sometimes you might be wrong, and, but like that's how you learn to distinguish what's the Holy Spirit and what's not. And so like that was something all of them said. And they were like, you have to be ready to look foolish if, if you know, like basically you have to be willing to like put yourself out there. But that's like how you learn to distinguish the voices. And while we're on this top topic, unless there's anything else that you want to weigh in about it. Uh, just real quick, how you were just talking about like what came to you could never come like from you, like from your mind or your concept. Like I know that if the spirit, sometimes when, you, when he speaks to me, it's something like I couldn't imagine. And so like when you said that, that kind of like hit me in a way, like you're like, this only could come from God because I couldn't even concept this or come up with that. Like, but it's so like a piece or, or you know, something to it, but yeah, so. And it's funny because it reminds me of a time in college when I had my four roommates, you were already gone. But we were talking about something, some, like a situation about dating and stuff like that. It was with my former mates. Um, one of them, I ain't gonna say their names this time. Like I'm not gonna bust nobody out. But we were, we were, they were just saying random scenarios like, because I forgot what comment he made, but it just didn't sound right to me. And I wasn't, I wasn't trying to operate, no spirit, no nothing. I was just like, well, I was just like, what if the girl, what if this happened? What if the girl, Oh, he said he would never cheat on a girl. We were talking about someone who cheated on their girlfriend or whatever. And I was just kind of saying, you know, give a little grace because there's temptation out there. It doesn't exist. Don't act like it won't happen. I think that's the most mistake where people are like, oh, we're not giving a look at that because it might not happen. No, you have to discuss these things where you discuss with your partner. Hey, like, I'm not going to lie. This certain sums up right here. You know what I mean? So you be that open or whatever. We were talking about that in that time between like four guys. And he was like, no, I would never. And I was like, okay, check this out. I was like... If you, had a, if you had one girlfriend, say you're at a party and your girlfriend's not there. And I said, you're in a room and like you just happen to be chilling by yourself and a girl walks in and she says, next to you, you're like da, 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 and it's your like ex-girlfriend who you had like strong feelings for you and she broke up with you. And, and I was going in like da, 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 and he just started saying, what do you think you know? You don't know me. And I was like, I was like what are you talking about? Da, da, da. And he was like, crying. tears were falling from his face. And I'm just like shy, and then I, and then the other room is just saying, "Hey, come down, come down." And I was like, "No, if he wants to come, come." And he was just like, "Come," and he was going. We're going back and forth that whole night. And the next morning, he just comes. And he's like, "I'm sorry, man, but I don't know. It's like it made a coincidence, but what you said is exactly what happened, like that exact same thing." So, and he was like, "And I failed." So, and I was just like, "You were just saying," but I, in my head, I wasn't thinking. I know, but I, and then I thought, like, "Oh, like you know, that could have been like something, or it could have been." I don't think it was coincidence, but at the same time, it's like, I was just, I was just speaking what I saw, but not really even operating. I don't know how to explain it. I wasn't, I was just talking, which is weird, ain't it? <laughs> I was just talking, I didn't even mean that. I was just like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I just was just talking to you. I was like, I have no clue about you. Like, I didn't even know him before right. this. He lived in Hawaii, like on a different island. I was like, I didn't know, I, you know what I mean? I haven't heard nothing. You don't know me. 
<laughs> so I was like, I don't know you. I'm just telling you what the scenario is. Just like, you know what I mean? But anyways, that's what made me think. Yeah, of. but I think that, again, that that's like the Holy Spirit dropping things in your spirit and you're just not aware of it. And, and, and sometimes, like you said, you were in college still. You're still kind of young and like stuff like that. Like you might still be trying to develop or trying to, yeah, trying to develop hearing the voice of God and hearing it clearly and knowing that it's God for certain and things like that. So this is a really good transition into our next topic, which was, okay, first of all, people that listen to the podcast, I just want to give a disclaimer. I think all of us in here, I don't know about Melissa, because I don't know, I don't know how the rock is, but I think all of us in here grew up charismatic in charismatic churches. Um, And what that means is basically we really emphasize the Holy Spirit. You can see people get laid out. We believe in healing for today. (laughs) You can see people get laid out. You see people run around the church and that's like normal. That's like a normal Sunday, right? Um, And then, and now obviously there are other sects of the denominations and things like that where people don't necessarily emphasize those things or where their worship is a bit more like calm and chill. And if anybody gets out of line, the ushers are kind of telling them you need to calm down, you're being a distraction type of thing. So we have these, you know, just these different branches of Christianity. And I think- They tried that with David. He was like, I'm gonna worship you for no more. (laughs) So Brent, um, you had kind of wanted to bring up just like different topics. I think that mainly, it's mainly I think charismatic churches that emphasize these topics like tithing or um, speaking in tongues or things like these, are these for today? That was something that you had um, brought up. So do you want to kind of weigh in on? I just want to say, uh, this is Jack the Ripper, by the way. I didn't, I didn't mention that earlier. Second of all, shout out to Heritage for letting us not die of a heat stroke up in Brent's house. Real talk. Yeah, I just shout out to Heritage Church for letting us use their building today. <laughs> Praise God. By the way, by the way, before we continue, man, you wearing you wearing a long sleeve shirt because on today. Because I worked man. by the beach and it's in the morning. It was actually kind of cool, and then I drove. And then Unacceptable. When I got outside and I put gas, I went to put gas today, <laughs> and and then I realized I was like, it's eight. I checked the thing and said eighty five, and then that's when I clicked. Oh, it must be hot everywhere. It was eighty five at seven a.m. So I don't I don't know how. But you it's eighty. But I work by the beach, so it's a little cooler than normal. So I know if it's eighty five, it's got to be turned up somewhere else. Anyway, so I was putting gas, and then I seen the guy, the guy from the pump across me. He kind of was like looking, looking sad. And he was kind of looking at me like he wanted to say something. He had a car, but he kind of say something. But he had work clothes on or whatever, and he's just kind of like looking at me. And he was like, you know, I was like, you know, like, I don't know if it's just like I always say, I don't know if it's just the black thing, Rockwell. <laughs> but like, if I see a, another guy, like another. Like black dude on the thing, I was like, if you walk past each other, you'd be like, what's up, what's up? And, and they always ask, Ariana always asked me, like, why are you guys always I was like, I don't know, it's just a common thing. We look at each other eye to eye, we say, so, We're 13% of the population, so we gotta let each other know. But like, I see you, brother. If something huh? goes down, we got each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anybody that like, has the same thing, yeah, that's true, because like, anybody has like a shirt on, oh, what's that shit? Like, oh, so what if, what if we did that? Yeah, what if the common ground was you human? So, hey, what's up? Wouldn't that be crazy? If we're just like, hey, you're human, what's up? I see you. I, I see you. No, 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 it's not enough, right? Okay. My neck will hurt at the end of the day. My neck will hurt. Anyways, uh, and then I just looked at him and he, he was looking at me, but he didn't look like he wanted to say anything, whatever he wanted to say. And he just wanted you to recognize and be like, what's up? I see you, bro. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, what's going on? And then he was just like, um, I, he's like, nah, man. I, and then I was like, no, what's going on? And he's like, I, I, uh, 
I'm on my way to work and I ran out of gas here. He's like, I'm on my way to downtown. And he was like, but I understand, like, you know, if you're busy or whatever. I was like, nah, fine. So I was like, okay, like, how am I going to put Usually, like, in my heart, I'm like, I'll just go f- put money in the gas thing and let him fill it. For some reason, I was like, I felt comfortable with him. I was like, let me give him, like, three bucks, see what he does with it. And so he got three bucks. He went to, he put gas in it. And I was like, that's not enough to get you downtown. He's like, nah, but you helped me out. It's all good. And then I was like, here, you, I was like, here, you can go 20. And then you, like, when he grabbed, like, he, the joy that was on his face over this $20, you know what I mean? It was just like, and he said, um, I can use the AC. You know what I mean? I said, I was just like, the things you take for granted, you know what I mean? And he's like, he was like, because he, he was on, you could tell he had like a bus, the bus metro outfit on. I guess he, he might drive the bus, I'm guessing. He works for him. And he was like, I was on my way to work. I didn't know if I was going to make it work. I was already telling him, like, I'm not going to make my shift. And he was like, man, I get to ride with AC now. And he's like, I can't even put the windows down because one of the windows jammed. Gosh dang it. <laughs> he was like, but he's like, man, he was like, thank you, man. You didn't have, to. you know what I mean? And I was like, you have someone looking out for you. And I said, he's like, oh, I know. I know. God bless, man. I know. Well, you know now. <laughs> but but that, that was today. I forgot that even happened. Okay. For sake of time. Now we'll move into the, um, basically, speaking in tugs, tithing, those different things. Are they for today? Yeah, no, I think there's, um, there's two different um, sides of the spectrum, I think, and it's what I consider a in-house debate. Like, it doesn't really have any um, determination of your salvation. It's just more of how do you feel it, how do you see it. Um, so I know that there's a lot of churches that teach tithe, teach um, the principle of tithing and offer, tithe and offering, and then there's also those that don't teach tithe and offering. I don't believe that it's for today. There's some that believe in healing and the gifts of the Spirit, and there's some that don't believe that it's for today. Um, so I just thought maybe we could talk about it and see how we feel about the two different topics. And This is probably going to be a really one-sided conversation again because we have a heavy charismatic bias in the room. Well, maybe so, we can play devil's advocate and just be like, okay, I can we'll definitely just... play devil's advocate yeah. because I do adhere to some of like more the theological and doctrinal teachings of the Reformed Church and things like that. Like some of it I am convinced by and things. And also, I'm a thinker. I got to think things through. But at the same time, I still attend a charismatic church and stuff like that. So, okay. So go ahead, Melissa. Well, I didn't grow. I wouldn't say the church I grew up in is super charismatic. It's moderate, I would say. Like I can't like think back to a time where speaking in tongues was something that was just like brought on very quickly yeah yeah no like so that to be honest with you it's still it's it's not weird for me because I've been here for a long time but I question it sometimes it's it's like yeah like how it's supposed to be brought on so quickly how that's is that like legit you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I feel like that because I, like, I didn't grow up like that. Like, we, they taught about it. It wasn't like something that, oh, we're Baptists. We don't believe in that. Like, it wasn't like that. But, yeah, so it's something that I just, I question. But as far as tithe and offering, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in a church. I think, I think because um, growing up in the, the church that I did and around the, the different ministers that we grew up around, um, I just kind of thought everybody believed the same. Yeah. Not until I got older and said of I want to say like venturing out in the kingdom of different groups of teachers. I was like, wow, there's a lot of different teachers besides the ones that I was always brought around, you know, and there's some really great teachers and 
um, some really bad ones too. And, um, and I started seeing the different even um, ways that churches function, you know, um, how they do their offerings, how they do their services, how their worships are completely different, how so I've been to some where they just kind of walk into the corners and people will sit and face the corner and during worship or nobody stands, they all just sit with their hands up, you know, and it's just like, it's different, but that's what they do. And, you know, who's to say one's wrong and one's right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know there's people who don't do tithe and offering. They just say, hey, you know, we have a, a, a bucket in the back with like a little slit. You can just drop your giving in there and they don't, that's it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then there's some um, that go elaborate in it, you know, and um, and then I see both sides. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I see both sides, and I see the um, why this side sees the I want to say like the prosperity message as fault because um, I've seen I see a lot of it in there as well. I think there was a lot of things that weren't done right um, that gave a bad rap. Um, I think the scripture says you have to rightly divide the word of truth. It has to be balanced out. And I think when you teach a lot about one thing but don't talk about what it's really for, you talked about, there were so many, for a long time, there was like this prosperity boom and everybody was talking about prosperity. Everybody was talking about, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. And, and I was like, yeah, that's great, but what is it really for? So everybody was just trying to get for themselves and nobody was talking about what it was really for, which was for other people. It wasn't really just for you. It was, you know, everyone was like, I'm going to get this car, I'm going to get this house, and I'm going to get this thing. And that's great. God wants you blessed. But you're blessed to be a blessing, not just to have, you know, and I think that that wasn't emphasized enough. Um, so there was a lot of people who were like, I don't agree with that, it's wrong. And, and the way that some were teaching, I believe that it was wrong. Um, but yeah, I think there's two sides of the coin and I'm not, I don't know. Like you said, like there's the ones that don't believe in tithing, they have a lot of great points. And there's ones that believe in tithing and teach tithing. They have a lot of great points. Right. Isn't Francis Chen, isn't he like, he's not super... Like, no, he's, he's definitely into to tithing. He's yeah. into giving. But he doesn't teach it the way yeah, a like lot of people like teach it. Yeah, like he's not like the prosperity teacher mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. I was just listening to a message where he talks specifically on tithing. Mm -hmm. um, I think with tithing, like I, I, I grew up in a church that taught tithing, uh, tithes and offering. And it was that tithes and offering, like one big word. It was in like tithes and offering you know um, so I I heard it but it was more like I'm doing it because that's what they told me to do um, and then as I started getting older and married and starting walking with God like I would see both sides and then some of our friends were not from a charismatic church so then I would hear their point and it logically it would make sense and then but then I also knew that I had seen um, blessings in my life because of my tithing mm -hmm. so but I think right now where I specifically stand with it is like I don't know if it's it's a must or it's not because if my I guess one of the questions that I have and maybe you guys can help me out is if I don't tithe my 10% but I give it as an offering what am I not going to receive is God not going to bless me the financially because I didn't put it in the tithing. That I didn't write like this is my tithe, you know, because logically the way I think about it is like at the end of the year, the church doesn't send me one letter saying here's your tax exempt 
for your IRS stuff because of offering and then this is the other one for tithing. You know, it's one thing, but I think that's where I go in my mind, I go kind of go back and forth, but not to say like, I don't believe that you don't, if you don't give, you don't get blessed or anything like that. But I'm saying like, if I don't check that box, this is tithing, but I just decide to do it as an offering. And do I not get blessed? Do, am I missing out on something? Is God saying no? And I think I, I study it a lot like, and get confused with the, this is old covenant, new covenant, and then kind of goes into like, then this is also old covenant, but we're still talking about in the new covenant. And that's where I'm like, I'm, I'm just gonna stop because yeah. <laughs> I confuse myself. <clears throat> well, what's cool about this subject is that it's practical. So you can do both. You could try both out, depending on how you feel. Now for me, tithing is a must. That's just me. That's just how I feel. I, it's not even necessarily that I was preached to me because even when I left the church, I, it was just in there that the tithe is God's. You know, I don't, that's just me. <clears throat> and so that's a personal thing because even you said the churches are driving, but to get money, you don't need to tithe. To get money, you don't need to, but to get health, to get wealth, to get serious, uh, like stability, prosperity, prosperity, having control over your circumstances, rather your circumstances having control of you, that kind of prosperity, I believe that comes from God. And so, and so, for me, that tithe always has kept me at that level. And now, I haven't not not tithed and since I can remember, but I, I know I can't go from, away from it because it's worked so well for me now, and I've seen it work well for my parents. So my parents would tell me, like, my, or my, yeah, my parents would make sure that whatever me and my sister had or whatever we give, we gave 10%. They made us practice because they started practicing and it worked well for them. You know what I mean? So, like, it's... And so when you see that kind of, like, things happen for you that you can't control, because you can always control whether you get money. Like, you, you said they were, like, to me, that's a, the, the strangest thing is, like, oh, like, I'm going to get a house five times. But if you work hard, you'll get a house. You work hard, you get a I don't care what you say. If you put your goal, like, and you line up your goal, and you do what you're supposed to do, and you dot all your T's, cross all your I's, you'll get to wherever you need to get to. But who's going to provide protection along that way? That's where the tithe comes in, you know? kind of deal and so and then I felt like the offering is like God I'm God I'm giving this to you I'm giving this to you just this is for yeah just given to the ministry given to to so and so whoever I always felt like offering could be even to someone else you know what I mean like I'm giving this to someone but if it's a ministry I'm giving offering I'm giving this to them and I know that you're gonna bless it and this is what I'm putting on it you know but it's, it was never to like I never put it on like a house or even uh, but or income like oh income crease but more like allow me to, the ability to get more income or you know stuff like that stuff that's like within myself allow me to focus more help it, you know what I mean kind of things I think it's uh, like going through the Old Testament you have to realize that there was different um, I, I, I want to say that, okay I think it comes down to how you view tithe and offering do you believe do you see it as a if I don't do this then I won't get this or I do this because I love God because right. it should never be a if I don't do this a lot of people teach like Malachi uh, you're cursed with a curse because you have robbed me this whole nation uh, where have we robbed you and the tithes and offering uh, bring the tithe into the storehouse that we meet in my house trying me now says the Lord of hosts 
all this kind of, so they see that and they're like, oh my God, if I don't do it, then I'm cursed. So now I'm doing it because I feel I have to grudgingly and out of necessity, not out of a cheerful heart and out of a loving stance to God. And then you say, okay, well now people think, okay, well now I'm not under that old covenant. So now that curse is gone. So I no longer have to do this because we saw it as part of a curse. Now that I've been redeemed from that curse, I no longer have to. Um, but in the Old Testament, there was different kinds of things that God had established. He said, first, you're going to do the first fruit offerings. You're going to do the welfare offerings. You're going to do the tithe. And you're going to do burnt offerings. So there's different things. And there was also like a yearly offering that they had to do. And, a, and three times a year, the offering. So there was a lot going on to it. Um, and I know there's some things that we, in the Old Testament that we don't do, but have changed in a way like it says that you know we don't do sacrifices but we're to live as a living sacrifice uh, it's no longer commanded that a man be circumcised but now we have circumcision of heart um, we don't have to we don't bring our tithe which is our you know the first fruit the firstborn of our flock of our grain of our different things and also even old testament it was saying it used to say that you would bring your tithe, your first fruit and your tithe and offering would come to the family and for those homeless out in the cities, and you would bring them and you would feed all the people. So if we take it as, okay, well, I'm just gonna do it that way, then every week are you bringing homeless to your home and feeding them with that tithe? Um, so there's different things that like we can't say, I'm gonna take this one out of the Old Testament and not that one. You know, if, I think it's like a, but to me, it's, it's still thing. practical to where it's personal yeah. because it's worked out for me this long. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm not afraid to go away from it, but I would rather not. You get what I'm saying? And, like, and I, and I say this because I have friends that don't tithe. Yeah. And I see how things work out for them. Now, me, if I want to get a business meal or stuff like that, I've had favor along every single way I've went. And I can't credit myself for that. So it has to be something I'm doing. And, and what's been consistent and what's been consistent is probably the prayer and the, um, the practicality of, is that the nine o'clock we're trying to get out of here? <laughs> um, it's been the prayer and the practical principles. That's why I said a lot of these, what Brenda had told me, the Bible is instructions. It's principles on how to live a good life, live a good Christian life and their principles that are not hurting, you know what I mean? But you can, because you can think of like different things all day, but at the end of the day, you can practice it out. And if it works out for you, like you said, with those people in the same, in the kind of the same way, if you practice it and it doesn't work out, then you can stop practicing it. And if you practice it and it does work out, then you continue practicing it, you know what I mean? But all I'm saying is, you really have to try it out for yourself. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Here's, well, there's something, oh, sorry. No, <laughs> There's something that I kind of wanted to point out was, well, I've heard different takes in, um, like in the last few years, I heard this one message going around and it was like going around Facebook and stuff like that. And I actually really liked it. And it kind of made me rethink tithing a little bit. And what they were saying was that um, they were like, why I don't practice tithing is what they had said. But realistically, it was because they were saying that like they didn't want to get caught up in the 10%. 
and be like, all I give is my 10% and I'm good. Like, I don't gotta serve, I don't gotta do anything else. Like, I give my 10% and oh, I'm a tither, you know, everything else, like, that's it. So like, they were saying like, no, you should have a spirit of generosity, like everywhere that you go. And so, uh, like, I thought about that. And so I've heard some other people say like, one of our mentors, he doesn't practice tithing necessarily, but he always says 10% is a good base to give. So like, basically like, don't give less than that but don't limit yourself to like, I have to give 10% and like, I get to keep everything else. This is mine. Like, no, everything you own belongs to God, you know? So I think that like, God wants you to be a good steward in that way. And then also, I also think about tithing and like, if if it's old covenant, if it's new covenant, I don't really think that it matters because the principle of sowing and reaping is always going to continue. Like seed time and harvest will not cease. So like, I think it doesn't, you just, Obviously, like my brother said, and like Brent was saying, and you know, everyone like you make it practical and I think you work it out amongst yourself. And if 10% is like the base of what you give, great. If it's 15, great. If it's 50, awesome. You know what I mean? I don't think that we have to like necessarily put it in a box and be like, it's only 10%. You know what I mean? Like give your 10%. Yeah, and I think that's what I go back and forth with in my mind. Like it's the cheerful giving, like it's like the generosity, like I don't, I guess sometimes when I like think about it, um, it's like I don't want to just, I don't want to like just get stuck in this box saying like I have to do it because I have to do it because then I feel like that's not, I'm not giving cheerfully so then I'm just doing it to kind of like I'm just showing up to church just to say I show up to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. So like I don't want to get caught up because I think that's why I go kind of like back and forth. I'm like well what if I just like instead of like the tithe goes up here but then it says offering so what if I put it right here like that's where I'm, I debate in my mind about it. But it's like one of those things like he was saying, like even when I kind of like walked away and I wasn't going to church like or anything, I still felt compelled to tithe. I don't know what it was, but I did. And I think it saved me and it brought me back. And it was, I don't know, it's something that I feel like is like you said, like practical, you can see it like working and there's no like rhyme or reason to it, but. Yeah, because to me there it's more is. like recognition that I realize where I give my gifts to produce income from. So it's kind of me paying like attention, like this is where it came from in the first place. Kind yeah, of. like the scripture says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Mm-hmm. And I've said this numerous times before, you can look at my bank account and see that regularly my treasure is going towards the church mm-hmm. and therefore my heart is for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think about like when that incident happened with you guys, how you got held up at the car. And on that next Sunday, you came and you gave that testimony. And one of the first things that you said was like, man, I thank God I'm a tither. Like God protected me, came through this. And this is what happened. Everything that was going on, I was just started praying in tongues. And, and it's just like, there's, it's not because, only because you were a tither that God protected you. But it was that, that confident, like, no, like the devourer is rebuked. Like I have a covenant with God, you know. I think that I think it's just a. Like I said, it's not a a must, but I think it's a great place to start, and I think it's a connection that you have because then it's like, like no, like my, like you have all of me because you have the best of me and the the worst of me, and you have what holds me what I need to survive in this world like I you need to pay bills you need to to eat food you need to buy your children things and you're saying but God out of that I trust and love you and honor you before all and I give you this portion and I remember like Dr. Price he was he was telling I forgot who he was talking to but he was saying 
I started tithing when I was young and I was just doing the 10%. And then God spoke to him and was like, you want to take an adventure with me? And he was like, yeah. And so he was like, I want you to, to practice and sh develop your tithing and your honor towards me. And he said, just within when he turned like 70 something, he was tithing 70% and living better that way than he was when he was only tithing 10%. And that's not for everybody. And that's not, that's just saying that that's where he had developed in his relationship with God and honor and love. Not to say that, hey, we all have to strive to give that much, you know? But I think it's just like you were saying, it's just like where do I kind of fit in in that? Yeah, and I, and I definitely, like you guys both said like when you guys walked away, so you guys still were compelled to tithe. Like when I walked away, I didn't. So I was just like, I'm, my money, that's it. Like I don't, I'm not going to church. So I'm not going to give my tithe anywhere, like just to me. But then like when I came back and I had a family and like Adrian and I started tithing, like it like we saw so many blessings and like it was that confidence. So I think that's where like, I've experienced both sides. Like when I didn't tie and I was like single and had no bills and stuff like that, like I didn't have that confidence in God. I didn't have like, he's my, he's protecting me. I had no money, like, you know? So, but now like with the tithing stuff like an offering and I feel like there's a confidence, but in my mind I do go like, all right, where do I stand with it? And like you said, tithe is not like, it's not like money. It's not just money. You know, because in other places, some people don't have money, but they have something to tithe or something to give God. And it's the same value as my tithe would be, if not more, because it means more, you know what I mean? And so, like you said, it's, it's, it's the practicality of the, of the thing I, I believe that's really going to make it clear for you, whether it's, whether it's for you or whether it's not, is if you try it. Because you can look back and forth, and, and both sides of the argument are going to have great are great um, support on both ends but uh, that's again one of the things I have to recognize time and time again is like you could try it out you know what I mean or you could not try it out yeah and I think even like the naturally like, uh, like I want to say like secularly like outside of the church if you have a membership somewhere and you're paying yeah. like you're that much more than like I'm gonna go I'm gonna get every single benefit that I can because I'm giving this money that I've been working this whole week for and they're taking it out of my account. I'm gonna make sure and take all the benefits out of it. Like just, that's just naturally. But if I'm gonna be that committed in this relationship with God and I wanna honor Him, I'm gonna, with my time, with my efforts, and also with my finance, why would I withhold that part of my life from a God who gives so much that I, there's no way that I can ever repay what He's done. Like the breath of my lungs is, is His. Like, how can I withhold this fleshly thing, this finances that I have? Like, why would that be any different than my time, than my, my person with my family? Like, why would I withhold that? Because Uncle Sam will get his tithe, huh? Huh, Brenda? Yeah. <laughs> I had something to say. I'm going to try to, like, concept it. But, like, I feel like also, too, I feel, this is me, okay, um, that, like, the tithe, the offering, all that stuff was, like, God set that up for the plan for us to know that like uh like kind of like a safeguard to keep us away from ourselves you know what i'm saying like fully to like everything that i see i get is mine you know and i feel like it's supposed to lead us i mean like it's weird i love that i like i love that god has given us free choice to choose and to grow in a relationship with the father but like he also set up like 
like kind of like a like it um, serves as a reminder yeah like, everything is not yours or at least like a base a base like <laughs> membership no a base like you know like 10 percent or the the first food all these you know different offerings from the past but um like yeah like uh, it's there to help us stay away from ourselves you know what i'm saying and know that like all everything like we all been saying everything that's in front of us our bodies everything is owned by him and to lend that like whatever he wants to do you gave me the car so i can drive here there you got all this stuff this everything i have is yours this phone how i use it how how do you want me to use it god like you know what i'm saying like again like the tithe the offering is more than just your finances i mean i guess that's a basic way of thinking of it it's easy for people to think of it that way but it's like dude it's like everything it's your words it's it's like you know what i mean so i feel like uh yeah it's just like it can be seen a certain way but it can be like so vast as far as like you know just every like something like that and there are people who take advantage of it like there are prosperity preachers that do take advantage of this concept to where to where you kind of manipulate the members like if you're like you're selling them a like a lucky ticket or something or something like that as if it's a slot if god's a slot machine or something like that you know there are people who do take advantage and it does give a bad rep on tithes and offering when people misuse that you know what i mean that kind of advantage and so i think that's where people also struggle it's like how do i know that you know this person's just not taking advantage of my money also, I want to be able to give to somewhere that's good and not just, that's also a little. I think that with that, like I always, when people say like, how do I know? How do I know? Well, then go to church, yeah. fellowship with them. That's how you're going to know. You're going to know their heart. Like start having a relationship with, with the church. Like you're going to give, you're going to give something because they're on TV, then you don't have that relationship. So you don't know their heart. So how do I know? Go to church. Like, kind of like what you're saying, like, you're not going to sign up for a membership just to say, hey, I'm signed up and not take any benefits, so go to church. Like, well, you would think so, but then there's this case where we have the situation with, um, what was that church? Uh, they had, the, I believe the big, the big, sorry, I'm big too, so I'm just going to say this big, the bigger black guy that sings too sometimes, the guy you guys like, uh, what, what? John Gray, he took over a church. Well, uh, I forgot what church it is, but they're called the Relentless now. But it was called something else before. But behind the scenes, with the church, the pastor and his wife, I guess they had a little. Um, yeah, like you know, the wife kind of like walked out of it. I don't want to say because it's over now, and they're back together and they're preaching or whatever. But that happened for years and years and years. But their members had had not known. So there are things like you can. There are things you just don't know in that sense because if I knew if like say if any knowing member knew that was going on at church they might have been like oh I don't know if I'm going to go here but like there was a, a good amount of people going to that church you know yeah I mean? it's a big church but I, I think that's besides from the prosperity like so there's only so much someone could let you know because they can still keep you at bay so disclaimer y'all I didn't grow up in a church so I didn't grow up with this you know for the lack of a better term institutionalized or you know as the norm just like speaking in tongues, my, my, my exposure to that was starting to date, be here and just almost ignoring it, just being at church and seeing people, you know, laid out and seeing people fall into the spirit and seeing people, you know, praying in tongues and dancing in place and running around and, you know, 
I was a teenager, so I was like, okay, just play it cool, because at the end of this session, we're going to be hanging out, and I was trying to put in some work, and I was trying to, you know, round the bases. So to me, it was like, I'm just punching the ticket here, and I'm just paying the price for what I ultimately want to do. So it was easy for me to tolerate what I was seeing, even though it was, it was very unusual for me. And I, I didn't really allow for, for myself to understand it. I wasn't open to it. I literally just dismissed. I'm just like, okay, just you've seen weird things in your life, so it's just this is just one of them, and you just move on, right? And you just you're heathen. You don't know you don't know better. So, but then you fast forward and you get saved, and then you understand this relationship with God, and you understand, you know, the um, the reality of the Holy Spirit, and that's that's probably a different scenario, but. But long story short is, you know, when I come in, I'm just diving in. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? You got you to serve. You got to help. And I'm being mentored by different people. And I get into church right away where, where tithing is, is the thing that's, that's there to do. So I don't question it, you know, in my, in my, in my youth with, with Jesus. I, I, I don't question it. It's just that's, the, that's what we do. So we just do it, you know. You pray and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you just start to do some things. But my relationships with, with Him starts to evolve where... I want to understand because I'm getting to a point where I'm interacting with people, I'm leading people to Jesus, I'm ministering, I'm, I'm doing different things, and now th this, this, this reality of leadership of what we're called to do as, as Christians in this world is just lead, uh, starts to become a reality. So I'm like, okay, I need to actually understand what some of these things are about. So that is awakened in me, and I start to go through some of these things and understand why we do these certain things, or what, what basis, what truth, what... What are the realities about certain things? And, and then I come across, I come across tithing. And, and uh, you know, for so many years, I felt like the blessings of the tither are definitely there. And, it, and it's not that they're not there, but what I realized or what God showed me is that it ultimately, as we know in, 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 in the New Testament, that he talks about being a cheerful giver and being really what's in the heart. And you, you, you piggybacked on it a little bit, Bree, is that God, God isn't interested in the 10%. He doesn't want 10% of your money. He wants all your money. He wants all your desires. He wants all your fears. He wants all your goals and your dreams. and your, He wants everything about you because He's purchased your life. So when the reality comes back that He's purchased your life and you've come to the reality saying, yes, you've done that. And so here's my heart and here's everything about me. We're talking everything. And in our, in our walk, we realize or we think that we're giving Him everything at that moment. And then we realize there's these secret rooms in our hearts and there's these, oh, oh, I didn't know that that was there. I didn't know there was that cupboard that had that crap and that junk and, and that addiction or that desire for this. And, 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 and God is just working that out with us as we press into Him. We start realizing the different things, right? For some, it's music. Like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm like gung-ho Jesus band, but, but my hip-hop, though. I mean, I mean, pot gets me through some situations. Beyonce, man, she's just... You know what I'm saying? So then, but all of a sudden, that music doesn't start to sound the same. That music doesn't have the same, it's not pulling on those same chords. And then you're like, yeah, maybe I don't, maybe that music isn't for me. I'm not attracted to that anymore. And all of a sudden, you're gravitating into your praise. Or you're gravitating into whatever other stuff. And, and so God's constantly saying, yeah, what about this? And what about that? I mean, we, for, for some of us, it starts with friendships. It starts with different things. So the tithe is no different. The tithe is, is, is um, you know, in, in general now for the believer, I, I think, and I've studied it out and I believe God has shown me this is that it's ultimately about where your heart is about money and where your trust is in Him. It's a combination of two things. And for some, their trust and their, and their cheerful heart came from being taught tithing. And so when they tithe and they see the benefit, they accredit it to that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I believe God looks at that and He says, no, it's because your heart is there. Because you're not doing it as a religion. You're, not, you're doing it because you, you willfully submit everything about you. Because to some people, 10% is a huge deal. Some, some people, you know, they're a dollar here, here's my 20, 
you know, and that's not even a tie. They're just, they're just doing something to do something, but they, they can't stretch themselves because they're still too concerned about, no, but I really need this money to do this. So that speaks more about the person's trust in God. It, it speaks more about, do you really understand that it's because of Him that anything good in your life is there, right? Because your whole life is His, and you've submitted that to Him. So I think when, when, when as Christians, when we check that box, whether it's through understanding tithing and offering or, underst or understanding that I just give, and my giving is, is beyond the 20%. Like I know people who give beyond their tithe and they just give it as a giving. They just give it as an offering. And they're just as blessed as the, as the guy who says, I faithfully do my tenth. And, and maybe they just do 1% as an offering. But it's because their heart is, I really believe that the one doesn't get more blessed than the other. Because in reality, their heart is in the right place. They've submitted everything about themselves. They don't have an affection for, for money where they can just say, yeah, I can just give you whatever it is. I recognize that, that you're my all. You're my source. I give it all to you. I'm not tied to this situation. And beyond that, I trust you. And I, and, I, and I honor you. So I think when those boxes are checked, whether you're tithing or whether you're offering, at the end of the day, it's God recognizing what's in your heart. Because the tither who tithes and doesn't, doesn't cheerfully really ponder it, doesn't go forth and say, God, I, just, I really understand that it's because of you that I have this job. It's because of you that these talents are coming out of my job. The, the promotion I received, if that's not actively in the, in the tither's heart, and he's just putting the tithe because it's the law according to him, you know, where really is a blessing in that? And the guy who says, well, I don't tithe, but, but I give you 20% because I just, I just love you, God, and I just recognize that, that this is what's all about you. So how do we explain that? How do we reconcile the fact that somebody possibly gives and doesn't tithe and receives a blessing and a person faithfully tithes, but because he recognizes, God, you're my source, I'm not in love with my money. 10% could be a big deal, but it's not because I just submitted it all to you and, and I'm happy doing that, right? Now... The other thing that I considered as I was looking through this stuff is, yeah, we got Old Testament, we got New Testament. And as a person who didn't grow up in the church, who had to learn a lot of this stuff as an adult, and I'm just like, really? And I had, to, I had to do some questioning, I had to do some better understanding of why certain things are done or what is God really trying to say. I looked at, I looked at the Gospels and then I looked at the epistles and I, talk, and I, and I see that these, that these letters to the church are to help edify the church. And, and they're dealing with Gentiles and you know, again, the, t the context of that is these people who weren't institutionalized in the Jew religion, in the Jew relationship with God. And so these guys are writing letters to these churches who are similar to me, they didn't grow up with this heritage of God in their lives. And they're coming as worldly people, Greeks and other cultures coming to this Savior. And they're trying to figure things out. And these letters are helping the, the entire church, but they're addressing these folks. And, I, and, and I'm like... How come tithing isn't, institu isn't that harsh in, the, in these letters to the new believers? And we're really talking about the stuff to really help these guys who don't know the Mosaic Law, who don't know Levitical, who don't know none of this stuff, and are Gentile people coming into this relationship with God. The only time it's really mentioned, it's mentioned as giving, and the only reference in the New Testament to tithing isn't even reference for tithing. It's really more about comparing Jesus and the high priest uh, of, you know, of um, Malachi. I'm um, sorry, um, Melchizedek and, and the high priesthood of it in Hebrews, it's really to reference that. It's not even talking about, see, there's a tithe. It's more to say, you know, comparing the high priestness of Jesus even more so to that of Melchizedek. But the only thing that's mentioned is, is the giving. And I'm like, nowhere else, in the, and as I'm searching through the, the, the New Testament, to, this new, to these Gentile believers, is it that crucial to their life and their practice daily with God as it is more about understanding the love and understanding, you know, really being about people and, and, and all the other things that, that I believe are 
the crucial pieces and the fruits of our, of our salvation, but it addresses giving. What's in your heart? Are you, you know, the gifting too. I mean, it, we, we can take it into different areas. So when I look at that situation, I'm like, it's really about the heart matter. Where, when, it, when it comes to tithing or the giving, for me, it's what's in the heart. It's, it's God's blessing the tither and blessing the guy who doesn't tithe but offers, but because of what's in their heart, not because one follows one or the other. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's just kind of my take on that. I think it's, um, I see what you're saying. I think it's, it's really a, like I said, these are all in-house debates. Um, I don't feel that coming into New Testament, the, like God never does anything just because. He never puts anything in the Bible. Like scripture in Matthew, Jesus says, do you think I came to destroy the law? I came to fulfill it. Do you think because of what I've done, all the law is nullified? No. This is all to help the law. Um, but then you have Jesus interacting with the Pharisees, and he says, you guys have kept the tithe so holy down to the very minute penny, but you've neglected the loving of the people and the mercy and the grace for them. He said, keep the tithe, but bring this along with it. I think it's very interesting that he mentions keep the tithe. He didn't say, he did not mention it. And I think that it is very important to see the, the difference between it because I can't say like, hey, I believe that by his stripes that I'm healed. But that was the Old Testament and not bring it over. I can't declare myself as a seed of Abraham and and be a part of that but then not have his agenda which was blessing people um, I just think like I said these are all in-house debates and I think that it's for in each individual it's for each individual to search out their heart with God uh, the same thing with the gifts of the spirit the praying in tongues um, that's another one that we have this two sides where yes it's for everybody corporate praying in tongues and like everybody's going wild and then you have somewhere like <laughs> and then you have somewhere they're like you know what I, I believe in praying in tongues but I do it alone I do it for myself and my own time you know and I see both sides is very valid I'm, there's times where there's like prayer going on and we're just like this is crazy like y'all are just going wild and it's just like nobody's like you know there's no interpretation um, I think everything has to have order because God is a God of order. Um, he very plainly says that like, all tongue is for interpretation. There's, it's to edify the body, to lift up. And I've been places where it's just everybody's going crazy running around. And I'm just like, who's getting edified? Like, how are we all on the same page here? Like, I don't know what's going on, you know? Um, yeah, it's funny that it, we, we just read that not too long ago, I think, on that part. But it, and, I, and I was reading it, and it does say, like, have an interpreter, but do not disrupt what's going on just to get an interpreter. And also, it's an interpret, look out for those who really don't know what's going on, because they might seem like, we're crazy, we just lost it. Or have you ever been in a, in a service and someone's doing something, you're like, that ain't right. Yeah, oh, well. You know, honestly, I try not to. I try not to. I'm like, you just do your thing. I'm not going to, it's not for me to say whether it's right or not. But in my mind, sometimes I'm like, you're nuts. But I just don't, <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> I feel like a good trait of thought, for myself at least, if I see somebody and they're doing something and it's taking 
the attention away from what is going on corporately and bringing to them like yeah. their self mm-hmm. I'm like that's more self than an emotion than the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. one thing you see with the Holy Spirit is he's never interrupting what is going on corporately mm-hmm. in scripture if there was a healing if there was a service going on the Holy Spirit never was like hey this person over here let's let's do this and disrupt what Jesus is doing over here like no it was always a corporate thing and I think like in services when you see like someone like pastors teaching and someone just starts going off and they're like that doesn't even have to do anything with what's yeah. going on and, and we used to have that yeah. and those people aren't, aren't here anymore but um, I just think that that's one of those things where it's like in your spirit and you're just like that's not right that uh, you can see like okay this is a, this is right and, this is like um, a weird question but I always think this when people speak in tongues they tend to speak the same words. My mom says the same thing. So that's, to, to me, it's where I feel like, is this legit? You're literally always saying the same types of things. Is that a love language? Is that your love language with God? Because that's how I see, what I see speaking in tongues is, is your language with God. But even with that, like, okay, let's just say, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. How many of the English, out of all the, the words in the English language, how many do you use and how many do you know? I'm, I'm almost going to guarantee that you use maybe 50 words oh, yeah. throughout your whole language that yeah. you use on a constant basis. Yeah. Like I use and, the, uh, like, like, uh, yes, dude, maybe, no, more than anything any other word in the English language. So there's some that I don't never even heard, don't even know, you know. So I mean, with any language, there's things you're going to keep saying over and over again throughout your conversation. Um, I think the other piece to that too is, you know, it's any time anytime I've tried to take a natural approach to understanding something supernatural, it's going to be futile because the supernatural is, is, is so beyond what my mind can comprehend. And so if I try to rationalize it, I think that's why, this is my perspective, why a lot of people find it easier to subscribe not to doing that because it challenges, to me, I've always said this to anyone who will hear me, is that this, 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 this particular topic of being baptized by the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is probably one of the clearest examples of your flesh fighting your spirit because your flesh wants to reject that. Just like if you tried learning a new, Span- a new, wor- a new language and I said, okay, try to speak Spanish and roll your R's and all that, you feel, you feel weird enough trying to pronounce right. that you're just going to add Spanish isn't for me. Right. English isn't for you know, it's just English. I'm not going to do French. I'm not going to do any other language because it's already unnatural. It's already not what you're used to doing. And, and, and part of that, as, as we've seen, right, we produ- it produces sometimes a joy, a laughter. It produces you know, a shower produces, some folks just deciding to run and they don't run in years and they're just running, running around in church. So s- some of these things that are, that are, that are spirit led are things that I don't want to subscribe to in the flesh. You know, when I understood that and God was tugging on my heart about it, I was like, yeah, but I don't want to look like that though. Yeah, but I don't know what, what that sounds like. So I'm cool. I'm just going to be here. And God's like, okay, but, and, and that's fine. I mean, that doesn't keep you out of, out of heaven. It doesn't, it doesn't impact your salvation. But what I've learned to understand, it's almost like the comparison I can make is, okay, to the believer who's come to Jesus, you, you know, who's like rooted, you can't unexperience right. that love of God and right. that, that fellowship with Him. Equally as much, you can't unexperience the supernatural when, you're, when, when you operate in that. 
and and so yeah even though the sounds are the same we're, we're you know if you if you're not in that realm in that moment then it just sounds like yeah the sounds are very repetitive what's going on there not understanding the vastness of god's supernatural abilities in those moments and so the, the more you tap into the supernatural the more you you practice it and, and, and really i mean i think most people do it who, who really practice and operate in that they're putting in that work in their time with god and it manifests, yes, here and there at church, but those folks are so comfortable because they do that. It's like prayer. Right? You spend your time praying with God and speaking to Him in private, then speaking to Him in public is no big deal. You pray for your food when no one's watching, you're going to pray for your food in public because that's just what you do. You've established that. It's, it's, it's an unashamed piece of, of your relationship with God. And it, it comes down to that. It's your flesh fighting your, your spirit man saying, yeah, but... And so it's easy to gravitate to those who say, yeah, but you know what? In Corinthians, it says this, and it's taken out of context because he's talking about a church who had no order and all they were doing was that and it wasn't edifying the church and it was the correction to the church and not saying don't do it because he even says I thank God I speak, I speak in tongues more than you all in fact he says you know seek, seek all the gifts so again if this is inspired of God if these words if this encouragement is coming directly from God then I don't believe that God would allow him to encourage us to seek something we couldn't get and I don't believe that in these days, I believe the devil still roams here. I believe that demons are still grabbing a hold of people and causing chaos. And, and that's a supernatural situation because I've never seen the devil. I don't know what he looks like. I've never seen the demon. I don't know what he looks like, but I've seen him in people. I've seen his grips on people. So you can't tell me, even just from that practical standpoint, that those spiritual dark matters exist and we're here defenseless. You know, waiting on this God up in heaven. People are more inclined to believe in demons and witches oh, sure. and ghosts and they are to believe that angels oh, yeah. are oh, protecting no. and the spirit is moving in your life oh, and no. they're like oh that's crazy and i'm like but demons yo did you hear that noise at the house yeah, like, let's go that the, yeah let's go that. you believe in that but then you want to say like oh the spirit won't move in your life or <laughs> god isn't healing yeah <laughs> i like what you said about um the holy spirit is one of the things that is very evident about their flesh fighting um your spearmen and I feel like that goes with like tithing too because it's the supernatural or like tithing and offering is like supernaturally you can't really explain it unless you experience it you know so I, those two always like always go hand in hand with what Melissa is saying no, she said like everyone sounds the same or they sound like they're saying the same things like when they get on the mic that's what you're talking about right my mom had said the same thing and I told her I just try to keep it between me and the Lord whatever they do like that's up to them it could be legit it could not it's not for me to decide you know what I mean and so well, I do like, that I, I do that when people pray God. just in general not even in praying in tongues mm -hmm. like if someone's praying and they say more Father Jesus Father Holy Spirit Father God if they say that more than like five times if they're saying that more than five times I'm like they don't really pray that much right because they're using his name as a filler word because they don't know what to say or how well, to say it's, it's it, it, then and there because some people some are like Father God. because you know how when some people give speech but, but you know how some people give speeches and they say the same word over and over yeah. they'll be like and uh and uh and uh it's like that same thing you know what I mean I don't yeah so then they're no longer using it as like God like they're just saying it Jesus you know they're using all the all the different names I know people get nervous people get nervous and so they go to his name as like a go-to as like yeah they get nervous they just be like 
No, because I, I had this friend. I had this friend in Hawaii, and I and he always said he always prayed. Whenever he prayed, we'd make God fun of him because he would say God Lord. But you, I, I, I. That's what I'm saying. But he always said God Lord, and we would make fun of it. God Lord, God Lord, and he was like, I. It just comes. That's what it said. God Lord, and uh, da, 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 God Lord. But I get what you're saying. I, I, I think when. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's just like it's, it becomes. But like speaking in tongues, like sounds the same. Like I know when I start, I always start. I sound the same when I first start. But then like I feel like once you do it, not more and more, but when you're, you're in that place that you feel God's presence, that's when it changes and you don't even realize it. And um, Brianna actually like called me out on it. She was like, "Why do you always when you pray? Why do you always say blah 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 blah?" And she tried to say it, and I was just like. I don't know. That's how I start speaking in tongues. But like, yeah, like I started thinking about it and she's like, cause it's new to her. She's like, a, you know, hearing it out. And she was like, well, why do you sound like this? But then I started paying more attention to it. And I was like, well, then it gets to a point that like, it doesn't sound like that because you're so in the presence of God and you're so speaking his language that it doesn't sound like that. But for me, I know for sure I start off like the same way. Go, Riz, say it, Riz, Riz. Okay. I'm just saying, <laughs> to start off, it used to really upset me when I would have friends that didn't believe in like, or that didn't like tithe, they didn't believe in tithing, they didn't believe in like prosperity, they, didn't, they don't believe in speaking in tongues, people falling out, people getting healed, stuff like that. It really used to upset me. But as I got older, I'm just like, okay, I understand why, blah, blah, blah. One time I had this conversation with my friend and he did not grow up, he still doesn't go up to like a church that like practices all this stuff, right? And I just started, was like, do you believe in speaking in tongues? And then he just was just like, no. And he started telling me that he went to his aunt's church who they, there was like Pentecost or something like that. Like they did practice it a lot. And he was saying that this lady <laughs> was getting uh, her hands laid on and she was falling and she was doing all this extra stuff and he was just like it was just fake like i know she was faking it and i was like getting upset like how dare you you know the audacity but then like but then i started (laughs) and then i started i started thinking about it afterwards like you know if i didn't grow up in a church that like you know that they did this i would probably think it's fake and weird too and then I started thinking about a long time ago. I don't know if you guys were at the Purple Building. This was like years ago. And this, there's this couple that used to come and they had like a bunch of kids. I don't know if you remember, I don't even know their names, but he was like this huge guy, like really big. And you know, the spirit was moving, people were getting hands laid on, people were getting prophesied to, healed, delivered, all this stuff, right? It was just moving. And, and this guy, he like, cause like, it's like a, it was like a, kind of like a, how does it, like a, there's like a stage, a center stage. So you gotta, you gotta step on the steps or whatever to get to the center stage. And he literally went on the center stage, fell out and started saying, worship me. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh my, like everybody was just like, what the heck? He was like, oh, like worship me, like crying and stuff. And then pastor's like, Get him off the stage. He's he's quenching the spirit. <laughs> so like they got him off the stage, but I was like, dang, people do be really faking it sometimes. And it's like, I feel like you know, like the Holy Spirit, like inside, you will know, like, okay, they're faking it, they're not, or whatever. And maybe sometimes you won't sense it and you think they are, but like Bree said, it's between you and God. But I just thought that was really funny and crazy because yeah, if you don't grow up in it, you're just like, 
That is freaking weird. It, yeah. You're making it up. You're just acting cray cray. Well, I, what's a cool subject that has it to do with this is what you brought up was the supernatural. Because people that aren't of the faith, they do tend to believe in the supernatural. And they, and they may look at Christianity like it's crazy, but it is a supernatural thing yeah. or a supernatural entity. It's live. It's breathing. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't, I, I don't get that people can, can cross the, the normal world for something they don't even have a basis for. You know, like and people at my work, it's funny you talk about ghosts. People at my work, they say our place is haunted. So nobody likes to be there by themselves. I go there by myself in the morning all the time at night and day, but they swear they hear people walking upstairs, all sorts of, oh yeah, I hear them at night. I'll be there by, my, I'll be there by, by myself. I do hear like, keep, keep, but it sounds like the building. You know what I mean? Like the building's crying for being that old. Like there's nobody walking upstairs, you know? Like, that's why I, I was like, it, it doesn't, and if, it, and if it, and I always say, and I always tell them, if it is a ghost, they can go and come see me though. You know what I mean? So that's why I was like, I do not, how the building got arthritis. <laughs> uh, like, eat, eat. <laughs> so, so that's why I don't understand is how people could base their beliefs on something that's not really there. It, it more comes from like movies and movies are brought up for people's ideas and writings and stuff like that. But they can say, oh yeah, that really happens to where, and then something that has founded beliefs and, or like has a foundation on it, it, it tends to shy away. It like, and I don't know if because it could be because that one comes with responsibility and comes with uh, what do you call it? There you go. So I, that could be it. But I just find it funny that it, it, like people believe in the supernatural real quick, real quick. Oh yeah, ghosts. Oh oh yeah. Like you always say, the devil's cool, right? But God, you believe in a God. You believe in God for like yeah. that, that. But a ghost. Oh yeah. Oh. Speaking of that stuff and, and, and accountability, and I know we got to shut it down soon, but. Really quickly, th th there was this one thing that I came across. It was a video where they were talking about, uh, they were talking to atheists. It was kind of like a, an open forum, and they were talking to, to, this, to this guy. I can't, I can't remember his name, but he's a Christian man. And there was a, a forum of believers and atheists. And um, so one of the guys was asking him about, about what happens when you encounter an atheist, and he's saying this and the other. And the guy just broke it down really simply. He said, look, at the end of the day, you, know, you, you, can, you can take that question to almost anyone, but he zeroed it in on an atheist, and you just say, if, if, Chris, if Christianity was real, if, if, if it was a proven fact that it was real, would you be a Christian? And overwhelmingly, the answer is always no, which tells you that the answer isn't, isn't about logic, isn't about truth, it's, it's an accountability fact. It's people deep down you know, want to be gods of their own lives. They don't, they don't like the idea of, of, of a lordship. They don't like the idea of, of an accountability beyond themselves. And so it, when, when you... When you when you lay out the question that simple, it's like, if Christianity was real, proven fact, if there was a way to prove to you, which, which we know from, from this side that it is, right? But if, from the outside looking in, if there was just a way to prove that it was real, would you do it? Would you be a Christian? And overwhelmingly, the answer is always no, because they're not really looking for a truth. They're not really looking to see if it's real. They're hoping it's not real so that the accountability doesn't exist. So that's like, wait, because then I know that I'm accountable to certain things because then those laws that have been written in my heart as the Bible says, I gotta really listen to. So let me do my best to kind of diminish that, that, that writing in my heart with ruling my own life and going after my own desires and figuring things out on my own. My old agnostic coworker asked me that question in reverse. Like he was like, if you found out there was another planet where there were like five gods that existed and they like proved it to you that these five gods existed, would you believe? And I'm like, you just said prove it to me. 
like you pr you proved it yes like I can't deny you know what I mean like ten, like yes you know and so like I think that that got him thinking like oh she thinks about what she believes in she doesn't just accept it blindly I'm like well no kidding <laughs> like but yeah but he asked me that question in reverse I'm like yeah prove it to me sure I'm like if there's another way that's easier than this prove it to me show me now you know like I'm down <laughs> like, but as far as I know this is <laughs> this is it hey if, if, if I'm wrong about God right then I just I just wasted my life <laughs> right. but, if, but if you're wrong about God no. then you wasted your eternity I think it was like Oprah at one time had said like all religions lead to the same place right. you know and you have um, different religions sound similar right. in different ways um, but it's I think it was uh, Buddha who said that I am not I am not the way but there is one I think it was Allah who said that or it was Muhammad who said that uh, I want to find the truth and I think it was Confucius who said that um, I forgot what he said, but they all kind of painted the picture of Jesus when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Like, all of the other ones said that you need to find these different things. Yeah. But it was only one who said that I am all those things. You know, so I do believe that there is this indwelling presence that God places on the inside of each and every person. I've said this before. Like, you go all over the world, any tribe, any remote place in the world, deep in the jungles where no missionary has ever gotten, and they are worshiping something because there's an indwelling, like something in their heart and their soul that is like, there's gotta be something greater than me and whatever it is, I have to worship it. Mm -hmm. And I believe God placed that in each and every one of us yeah. to look for our creator. Mm -hmm. Whether they think it's the sun, whether they think it's the jungle, whether they think whatever it is, they know that there's something. Only the smart ones can't see that. Or they think they're smart. They've, out, they've thought themselves stupid. Yeah, they're so they they're so intelligent that they're stupid that they can't realize that there's something. Yeah, I was, was going to go on point. Oh, you're asking her? What what I was saying was when I was studying these religions and I I came to this point to myself, but a lot of them started out like as if they were going towards the Christian path or towards what's nowadays a Christian path, and then it kind of swayed a little bit. Like it kind of just, but it, it is all kind of like re related a little bit. Like it, it, it's just weird how it is. Like it's like even, even, even Buddhism. Siddharth Gautama, who was the first Buddha or whatever, did not mean for it to become a religion. He was just kind of trying to live a way of life, and the way of life was like caring, like loving people, kind of at the extent of yourself, like living, living without nothing, not wanting absolutely nothing on the earth, and kind of giving everything you have. That's kind of what his basic teachings was, but it was never meant to be. A religion kind of deal. What were you going to say, Melissa? Well, I know the Bible says there's only one way. I mean, I guess there's no way around that. But it's a weird concept to think that, you know, like there's so many other things that have the same idea, but it's, you know, but we, but this is, but everyone, 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 everyone feels so strongly that they're the right way. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. It's interesting. It's just an interesting thing to think about. 
But it, it is like the it's always like that man who builds house upon the sand, the man who builds house upon the out or on the a rock. One of them's gonna fall. So it's like who you're gonna put your faith in. That's why this life is a faith walk, you know. And there's something too that I say to people like of different religions or different faith or who don't believe, and I'm like a seed given to them. I said just continue to see truth and. God, like, because he is truth, so you will get there, whether, whatever they're in, so sometimes that's like an open, like, open seat that, like, sometimes I sell people, like, without, like, saying, like, you're wrong or something, they know where I come from, but I'm just like, yo, keep seeking truth, and, yeah. Like, yeah, most people really, I mean, some people will debate facts, now, you can debate facts all day, and if you know your facts, that, like, to me, the truth is going to prevail, we know the truth is good, so it's just going to prevail, and there's some people who do, like, just, like, feel it. For the spirit, you like you say, you don't kind of like, oh, you're wrong, kind of deal. You just, you just be like, okay, well, you know, that way seems to work for you, but this is this is how I live, you know. And there's certain things that are going to point out to you, to them that's going to be like, why do you do this kind of thing and don't do this and kind of stuff. And, things, so. and I think at the end of the day, you know, th th that's where our, our our active relationship with God is what really points the undeniable conviction to any belief, to any person, because as I've said before, if if I'm having to Talk about my wife's you know, chromosomes and, and all these personality types to talk about why I love her versus saying, let me just talk to you about how active and fluid my relationship is with her and how she's been with me from day one and we have a history that's a personal history. People ought to be able to walk away saying, yeah, this dude loves his wife. Yeah, this dude loves his daughter. There's an intimacy and a regular you know, flowing relationship. And if our relationship with God is the same and our lifestyle produces that, you know, everything that I'm about is about my family. People know that everywhere that I go, I'm the family man. You know, I've got it in my, on my screen series, I got my, my but beyond that, I'm, I talk about them. I can't, I can't even help smiling every time I talk about my family to anyone who will hear me because it's that real in my life. So the question is, are we talking about our relationship with God or is our relationship with God in that same way? Is it producing that outward effect with people that they can see that and say, yeah, that's undeniable. I may not know that, 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 that God that he's talking about, that Jesus, but I see the fruits of that and, there's, and that's where the Bible talks about being the salt. Because now people look at a, a situation and they desire because it it's, it's unknown to them, but it's so peaceful, it's so joy-producing, it's so whatever these other things are that they don't have, that it's like, okay, let me understand what that's all about. And that's what really under, you know, gets, gets people to understand or, or, or gravitate to a truth that's undeniable. Versus like, I, I just go to church, oh yeah, you, you kind of found out by accident that I'm Christian, now I'm trying to talk to you about my Christian faith, and now we're getting into a, some crazy debate versus like, man, you just live this certain way, like, that's what that's what that lifestyle's got to be produced about. So, yeah. and also, yeah. and uh, to me, also, what's undeniable is Jesus, because even you look at history, Jesus. There was a man named Jesus who walked the living face of the earth. It is written in history, not in the Bible, that there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified and who was known as King of the Jews. That is in history that he that he died. They put him at this tomb. And that his, rec his body was unknown. That it was stolen from somebody else. But they just never found the body. That's in, that's in record with that. Now, I always ask this question. I was talking to one of my coworkers maybe a long time ago. I was asking, I was like, I, I just have a question. My only question was originally, why is, every, why is Christianity the most popular religion in this world? Like why, and, and why do they, fig they gravitate towards this figure named Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago? There was a lot of people who walked the face of the earth. But for some reason, this guy is the most significant person. He is the most, he is the most significant person who ever walked the face of this earth. He's, he's challenged 
all kinds of authority, every single kind of thing on the face of earth. He's challenged. He's overcame. And like, and why do people have so much hope, undeniably hope, so much hope that they're willing to die for, so much hope that they're willing to fight for, so much hope they're willing to love for? Why this guy? And, and there was other people during his time that were proclaiming that there was a kingdom coming, but they gravitated towards this one. So that's my, you can bring out Muhammad and all that kind of stuff, but why, why him? Why is he the most? But what is it about this guy? You know what I mean? Here's that thing I found, okay, I found a second clarify saying it right. It says, uh, Confucius said, I am the way, I am not the way. Buddha says, seek truth. Muhammad said, I do not know the purpose of life. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, mm -hmm. and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, he proclaimed something the others didn't dare to yeah. declare. Okay, so one last thing that I wanted to point out. I know, Adrian, you said, like, you don't have to break down the chromosome, but some of us really like facts. Like, I love facts, and I know some people that I talk to, like, agnostics, which I love, like, because they like facts, they like proof, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm down with that. And so, like, although I can't explain my experience to them, sometimes, like, a lot of them aren't feeling centered they're more thinking centered so like for things to make sense that like really helps them you know what I mean so but anyway um one thing is that a lot of people now now because of the the political climate or whatever like some people say that Christianity is the white man's religion the reason why it's so popular is because white people colonize you know so many different places on the earth and they force Christianity on the natives and like all these different things but something that's super interesting is that even in the Bible, as you know, one of the first Christians was the Ethiopian. And Ethiopia is, is a Christian nation, like to this day, they're considered a Christian nation. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're some of the earliest Christians were found there. They've never been colonized. Never. And weren't they the, the last one standing too? And they were fighting with like not even a... Uh, oh, you don't even know that part of history? <laughs> they, they were the last like nation to be called or to like get actually taken over kind of by, um, by the colonizers when they were fighting. And they are, and it's funny, they write in history, like, you can, when new colonizers would come over, they'd be like, oh, you can take over anywhere, just don't go to Ethiopia. But it was, it just, it's funny that came, and I remember reading that in history, I thought that was like the coolest thing, and they were able to stand front with the weapons they had, and they weren't even modern weapons, but they were wiping out folk, you know? Could have been, cause, could have been because someone was holding them down. <laughs> <laughs> so All right, that. so we're going to close it down. Um, Something to take from, away from tonight, those of you who are listening to the podcast, never take what we say as final authority. You go on your own, you search scripture, you do your due diligence, study your word, and um, you get before God and he will reveal his um, goodness, his mercy, and his grace to you. You know, Never take what someone says to you as final authority. Always search scripture. The confidence comes when you understand what you believe. So take that. All right. Amen. Cool. Hashtag Bye, peace out. Good night, friend. We love you. <laughs> love you guys. All right.